In our first reading tonight, we have the stoning of Stephen, proto-martyr of the church. Have you been to a Jewish wedding? How many have been to a Jewish wedding? You've seen a Jewish wedding on television, under the chuppah? Okay, so when Becky and I were married, we had a Jewish wedding ceremony in the church, and we had a chuppah, and uh, so at one point, the groom, I walk around, uh, Becky uh, seven times for the benedictions and uh, then at the very end we take the wine goblet that has been shared by the uh, bride and groom and wrap it into a napkin put it on the floor and what happens okay so the groom smashes the glass and everyone shouts Mazel Tov you were there. You were at our wedding. And uh, why do we crush the wine goblet at the high point of the wedding ceremony? And the rabbis say this is to remind us at the moment of our highest celebration, we're reminded of the destruction of the holy temple on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, the sanctuary of God, when the temple was attacked and destroyed. And we temper our exhilaration with a memory of the sober loss of the sanctuary. And it occurs to me that being reminded of the stoning of Stephen, the proto-martyr of the church, in the seventh week of Easter, is like the crushing of the wine glass. We're just reminded that uh, at this high point of the celebration of the triumph of Christ, we're reminded of those who have gone before us in faith, giving up their lives so that we can celebrate the Easter season. In the gospel tonight, our Lord, speaking of his disciples, his first followers, the men and the women who signed up early. He says, they, Father, they are your gift to me. And I noticed that when Deacon proclaimed the gospel, he paused for a moment and then with emphasis, as if he knew just what I was going to preach on, <laughs> uh, gave us that beautiful pronouncement. They are your gift to me. Have you ever received a gift from someone that you didn't really particularly like and didn't know what to do with? Have you, have you had that experience? So let's recount what the disciples of Jesus did for him. Well, one denied him three times, sealing his fate, going to the cross. At least two of them argued incessantly which one of them was going to be seated at his right hand and at his left in his kingdom. 
One bitterly betrayed him, sold him out for a handful of silver. A couple of others came across pure-hearted followers who just wanted to follow after Jesus, and they said, they're not of us, let's call down a fire and brimstone from heaven on them. You ever had that kind of gift in your life? You know, you go, God, with gifts like this, you know, what am I supposed to do? Our Lord says, they are your gifts to me. I wonder if you've had someone in your life that you just could get along without. And you wonder, why is this person in my way? Why did this person... I, I was a young minister. Becky and I were newly married. And our second child, our firstborn son, Ariel David, uh, just born, newborn. And Becky develops this awful um, kidney infection just awful and she's so sick and Ari's just newborn babe and Leah's barely two years old and you know how rough that is right and uh, I don't know I you know I we were kids we were married the year we both turned 19 I mean just didn't know what to do. She's so sick. The baby's so new and so young. And in my, into my life as a minister comes David. And David is a confirmed nudge. Do you know what a nudge is? Nudge is a good Jewish word for a very high-need person. And he needs my attention constantly. He wants to see the pastor for this and for that and for the other thing. And I've got Becky so sick at home and new babies and uh, I, I don't know what to do with David. What do I do with him? Now, we had moved our landlord in our apartment where we were with Leah, our landlord had just announced to us, uh, I'm, I'm not going to rent to you for another year, I'm going to do something else with the apartment, and we had to go find a new place. So we moved into a new place with new babies, new, you know, little kids, and the place needs, absolutely needs to be painted, and I started painting before Becky got sick, so the apartment is half painted, and I can't get back to it. And in my course of conversation with David, the professional nudge, I say to him, David, I can't do that with you right now because my wife is sick, babies are at home, the house is half painted, so I can't help. I'm sorry, it'll have to wait. And so when a couple of days, three days later, Who's at the door? 
And what has he got? A roller, a pan, a paintbrush. And he finishes the whole apartment. Have you ever had this happen? You go, God, why did you put this person in my life? (laughs) It's like a gift we receive. We don't like it. We don't know what to do with it. We put it in the drawer. And then it comes out of the drawer with a new appreciation. Our Lord reframed and redefined the relationship between the disciples and himself, himself and the disciples, when he said, Father, they are your gift to me. Now, it wasn't evident on the plane of the earth what these disciples would do. Today, they are our inspiration. We do not have a church without them. But that wasn't clear at all when they were denying, when they were disagreeable, when they were arguing, when they were uh, casting uh, down you know, lightning from heaven on, on uh, people they didn't know. It wasn't at all evident. But they became what Jesus reframed and redefined them as. There are people in our lives, some very close, some we hardly know, who we just simply can't get along with. <clears throat> We don't know why they're in our way. But we might reframe it. Instead of a stumbling block, they become the stepping stone to God's will in our lives. By reframing the relationship we have with them and they have with us by saying, God, I don't know what this person is going to mean to me in the long career of my life, but he, she is your gift to me. No matter how complicated the relationship may be, to see them as God's gift, it doesn't surprise him that this person is in my life. God's known it all along. It doesn't take him by surprise. He doesn't have to figure out something to do with this person. He's known all along that that person is going to be in my life. So, as Jesus said in the Gospel tonight, they are your gift to me. We redefine and reframe what the relationship is between myself and this one, and this one and myself. Like David, he may paint your apartment. They are your gift to me.